The good people effect is something very special that happens when we surround ourselves with the right people to help us grow. The show is based on three main pillars, which are creativity, adventure, and purposeful living. My intention is to create positive momentum in the direction of real human growth. And I believe by taking a glimpse into the lives and minds of good people through deep conversations, we have the opportunity to open ourselves up to immense growth that can be later injected back into this crazy world. This is more than just another podcast. It's an energy of intentional growth that's been manifested from the beauty of the creative spirit, the call for adventure, and the power of purposeful living. Enjoy. Today, I'm having a chat with Harpreem Jeet. Harpreem is a new age entrepreneur that has started a vegan food truck business. And we're going to speak about the evolution of that business into now what is actually a food delivery service. We discuss kundalini yoga in detail and we talk about meditation and yoga as a regular practice and some of the benefits from that that Harpreem's experienced firsthand. We also talk about life and how it flows in seasons, but I'm not going to wreck too much more of the chat. I'm going to let you sit down and kind of get something out of it yourself. So uh, without further ado, here's a chat with Harpreem. Actually, there is a little bit more ado. I'm going to be talking real quickly about the tribe. So I want to actually build a tribe through this show. I want to be serving that tribe with information that will help them grow. So I'm going to be scouring the internet and finding you know, book lists. I'm going to be helping you grow through potent bits of information that I extract from all these people that I have conversations with. I'm going to be sending you free online courses, also going to be sending giveaways. There's going to be contests, just heaps of good stuff coming your way. So if you're interested in joining the tribe officially, I mean, you're really kind of part of it by listening to the show, then please head over to goodpeopleeffect.com and uh, throw your email in and I'll be sending out like a monthly newsletter. But anyways, let's get into this chat with Harp. I juggle my my vegan food delivery business with my law practice, um, with also teaching yoga. So tonight I have a court appearance at six thirty, and and the, so today is like kind of dedicated to catching up on uh, writing court documents and doing stuff for the the giving bowl in terms of marketing. But yesterday was like the big. I had a, a really big meeting for my my vegan meal delivery service um that felt like the biggest meeting that I've had so far uh with the business um and I was so nervous I was like the most nervous I've felt in like a very long time because I had so much invested in this meeting um but the meeting was with these two um men they're they're a couple um their, their names are Josh and Brent, and they're known as the Beekman Boys. Uh, and they're very kind of like well-known throughout this area where I live. Uh, but they're also kind of becoming national, like they're getting a lot of attention, like just in general, like in, in the States uh, for what they do. And they started out in the city. One was a doctor, one was a marketing guy. And then they bought this old dilapidated mansion upstate by where I live. And they 
fixed it up. It was like from the early 1800s and it's called Beekman 1802. And Beekman was the lawyer who used to own it back in the 1800s. So they fixed it up and then they went on to the amazing race and then they won the, the million dollars on the amazing race. And then they put all that money into starting a store in the this little town called Sharon Springs. And they've since just like taken off and they have all these products in their store that use goat milk um, because they have goats on their, um, at, at their like farm mansion, old mansion. So they just opened an office outside of Albany with like 30 people. And I've been really one, it was like on my manifestation list this season to be able to, offer my meal delivery to their office in Schenectady that just opened. Um, And they're like, have their own magazine. I mean, they're like very kind of like Martha Stewart. They have recipe books and all this stuff. And they have a lot of, just a lot of momentum behind their brand right now. So I went to their office yesterday with two um, lunches. And the program that I'm um, really pushing right now with my business is, um, is just kind of an overall wellness program. Like, yes, it includes the food, but then when I deliver the food to the corporate employees, it also includes, um, uh, 10 minutes of a mindfulness session before lunch, if people want to opt into it. Um, so I offered them a few minutes of mindfulness breathing, uh, so they could see that part of the program. And then I, gave them the lunches and they loved the food. And I thought they were going to say, okay, you know, we'll get back to you and let you know. But it was just like right then and there, there, they said that they loved it and they wanted to sign off the office and that like there's other business headquarters in Schenectady that they think would also appreciate this program. It's called Health is Wealth. Um, so um, so they want to link me up with like other business owners in the area as well. Um, so I was just like blown away. I mean, I was like naturally high the whole rest of the day after that. <laughs> so it was like a huge landmark to be able to get get in front of them. Yeah, I mean, they can open up a lot of doors. Yeah, it was so freaking exciting. And like very, very surreal as well. Um, and the way the meeting even came into fruition was that I, I mean, they're like local celebrities and I, I've, um, had encounters with them here and there over the years. Um, cause they hold events in their town and they do a lot for the local community. Um, so they're not like pretentious, like they really are involved with like local artisans and farmers and, um, very connected to the, the local people. So I've met them here and there, but then what kind of really made all this happen was that a couple of weeks ago I was down in Florida at my mother's house and her neighbor, my mom's neighbor happens to, uh, work for a hospitality company that, uh, stocks their goat soap and lotion in Crown Hotels all over the, the United States. So I brought her some of my food and I said, you know, it'd be great if you could get me a meeting with the Beekman boys. So she just sent an email um, like that next day. And, uh, you know, then I had this meet. like that's how the meeting came together was just 
bringing food to my mom's neighbor who liked the food and happened to uh, be very connected to the Beekman boys, works closely with them. Um, and so she kind of made the whole meeting happen. Um, so it, that was just total luck that my mom happens to be neighbors. You know, a lot of, there's a lot of different kind of schools on manifestation and like approaches for it. And, um, a lot of schools say to write like very specific lists. And I don't personally sit down and write lists so much as I just kind of focus on, um, like my ideal client and they were in my list as my ideal client. And I, I basically, um, I, I basically, there's something that Tony Robbins talks about. He talks about taking massive action toward your goal and that when the more steps you take toward your goal, the more the grace of the universe comes through to help you. And so I knew strongly that I wanted to do this corporate program with the meals and the mindfulness. And I knew I wanted to have them as one of my clients. Um, and so I've just been basically putting, I just have been very diligent in like sending emails to companies, putting the word out there. I didn't specifically contact them because I didn't know who their point person was. So I kind of held off on contacting them because I kept putting it out to the universe. Like I need a good point person because if you email someone in a company and they're just like some young receptionist, you know, they might just overlook it and delete it and not get it to the decision maker. So I really kind of put it out there to the universe. Like I need a decision maker. I need someone who can have pull. And then I was basically called to go to Florida. Like I normally never go visit my mom in the summertime because Florida is like beastly hot in the summer and uh, I usually avoid it. Um, But something really called me to go down there. And I thought, huh, this is not something I normally do, but I, I felt this like Lacey Phillips. She's a great manifestation coach. Uh, she has a podcast called expanded and she talks about following the pings and the pings are like your, um, intuitive hits that like guide you to do something where maybe you wouldn't normally do it. And maybe your rational mind even thinks like, Oh, this is a weird thing to do, but you feel this deeper, instinct or intuition to follow through. And that's how my trip to Florida was. It was like, huh, there's something for me there. I don't normally go in the summer, but like I'm getting the ping uh, to go down there. Um, And on the way down, something I I also um, notice in terms of when I'm like following the, the proper signs is that I'll see a lot of what I call or what's called angel numbers. So it's like repeating numbers. So it's like 111888. And I noticed on my trip down, I was seeing all these angel numbers at the airport, um, at the car rental place. And I thought, oh, this is going to be a good trip. You know, I don't know what's going to come out of this trip, but this is something good's really going to come out of this trip. And then, um, you know, I'm down there for a few days. My mom says, you really need to get some food over to Melissa. She could be the, the person that really gets you in with the Beekman boys. So, 
uh, and Melissa travels a lot, but she happened to be home. And the right before I went over to give her the food, I actually did a prosperity meditation. So I'm, I'm big into Kundalini yoga and there's a lot of meditations for prosperity. So I did this like 30 minute prosperity meditation. It's very difficult. It's like intense breathing and you hold your arms up above your head, but it's, uh, it's to activate kind of the flow of prosperity. So I did that. And then I went and brought her the food. And I mean, it was just instant. She was just like, you know, I think you'd be a great fit. And then she wrote the email and then the meeting got set up. So there's kind of a lot of layers, I think, to the manifestation. It's like, you know, really setting your intention on what you want, taking the steps toward it, allowing grace to come through, um, you know, and, and if, if you like the meditation practice, you know, finding a meditation practice that I think also aligns you um, with that energy. And Kundalini Yoga has a lot of, of prosperity practices. Um, and then Lacey Phillips talks about, and, and Tony Robbins, like it's really about expanding your subconscious because you know, if you have a limiting belief that, oh, you know, I'm not really worthy of this and, you know, this is beyond me and I'm not good enough or whatever, like you have to fully step into your self-worth and whatever you're looking for. Um, and that's Lacey Phillips. That's her big thing is like when you feel fully worthy of whatever it is you're seeking is when it comes. So you mentioned Tony Robbins and you mentioned Lacey Phillips. And I think you, you even told me last time we spoke that you went to a Tony Robbins event. Um, and obviously a lot of lessons would have come through from that as well. Um, what, what other kind of things came through besides this idea of kind of uh, manifestation and believing in yourself and, and, you know, getting rid of those limiting beliefs? What was the event like and, and what other kind of lessons did you pick up from that? Because that sounds like an incredible thing and I've never actually met someone that's been to one. Yeah, so the event, I, I highly recommend uh, anyone, like if – I think going to any Tony Robbins event is like one of the most beneficial things that you can do for your growth. Um, so I highly, highly recommend it. I know some of his events are pricey, but the one that I went to, well, I went to um, two of his, I went to un uh, Unleash the Power Within seminar in November uh, in New Jersey. And then I went again in to the Unleash the Power for a second time in March in Los Angeles. Um, and that's his least expensive event. So I think he makes it very affordable for people. And it, basically, it's a four days, very intensive. And one of the things he talks about is if you want real like lasting change is that you have to really put yourself in an immersion setting. So that's why his events are so uh, you know, like 12 hours a day, like you're just in there doing all this deep work. And the real, real thing that he is looking to kind of get out of everyone is the, um, he's really trying to help people free themselves of their own blocks um, and of all the conditioning that was put on us by society and parents that basically makes us think that, you know, we can't 
start that business or like we shouldn't um, take that, you know, trip to wherever we're, we want to go. I mean, basically he really is the, the way that I see it is that he's awakening people to their soul, not, you know, getting out of the ego and that like whole conditioning of like what, you know, society or your parents want you to do and actually tuning into like, what is it that your soul is looking to do, which I know sounds like a little kind of maybe out there, but like the, the way that he gets you into this place of feeling so freaking good in yourself gives you that confidence. And so it also actually helped me to leave a very toxic relationship because I was really lacking in the confidence to do that. And by the second seminar, it was like, I got this. Like, I can do it. I felt like a renewed sense of being able to tackle the challenge of of that. Yeah, that sounds fascinating. And and it sounds like you can, you know, it can he can really help some people out because we do have so much conditioning on us from all these different kind of um, angles in today's world. And and every it's kind of like the human condition in a way. It's like we 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 grown, we're born, and we we're children free of all this kind of conditioning. And as we get older, it just becomes layers upon layers of kind of um, different influences because of our environment, because of the news, social media. Um, technology because of society everything just comes kind of layered up on top of us and then it becomes our patterns of thinking become so kind of ingrained and um, it's great that there's like um, someone out there well I'm sure there's many people but it's great that there's there's something you can go to out there that can help kind of release you on these from these kind of bounds that we that we kind of get into and a lot of the stuff we put on ourselves because of the conditioning so that sounds like a really beneficial thing and a really great thing to be a part of so uh, I've always been curious about it that's why I asked but that sounds that sounds fascinating I've seen that Netflix um, the Netflix thing that that Tony Robbins threw up and a lot of his kind of work throughout the years he's been kind of a leader in that field for quite a long time and for for a good reason so that's that sounds amazing and and you know um, I'd love just out of curiosity to go to one of those one day and, and to experience that because I'm sure, you know, that could even help me alleviate some of the conditioning that that's kind of um, been, you know, thrust upon me and growing up and, and like everyone else around us. So I wanted to know and I wanted to dive a little bit deeper into Kundalini yoga because I don't know that many Kundalini yoga practitioners. I've, I've done it a few times myself and I've had these experiences at the end of a session where you know, a huge gong is kind of hit and I'm just transported to outer space floating through the realms and kind of just like, um, it, I feel, it felt surreal, um, in one of the sessions actually. And the energy that you can feel kind of moving up your spine, um, and you know, the way that Kundalini differs from, it's a very unique form of yoga and it's very different from a lot of other forms of yoga. So can you tell me a little bit more about what got you into Kundalini in the first place? And, um, how you found that journey to be? Sure. So the way Kundalini Yoga came into my life was uh, pretty magical. I was living in Los Angeles and I was doing like power yoga, vinyasa yoga that most people like when they practice yoga, that's what people are, are practicing. It's I call it more like the mainstream kind of yoga. And I really loved that. 
but I didn't necessarily see it as a spiritual practice. I just thought like, you know, it just made me feel good and it was a good like physical kind of workout. And then I had, um, one of my neighbors where I was living in Los Angeles, he was a massage therapist and he one he knew I loved yoga. So he said, you know, why don't you come with me to this Kundalini yoga class at this guy's apartment? Um, and, you know, see if, if you like it. And so I remember going to the guy's apartment, doing the yoga and being like, wow, this is so different from anything I've done. I felt so good. Um, and then I didn't really do it for another year or so. And um, basically, I really got into it in 2012. So there's a woman named Kia Miller. Uh, she's a very famous yoga teacher. And I think she's on Yoga Glow um, online, um, but she's based in Los Angeles and she does retreats all over the world. And she was leading a six-day juice cleanse in Los Angeles and Santa Monica. And along with that was Kundalini yoga. So every morning you would do Kundalini yoga and then get your juices after for the rest of the day. And at the end of the six days, I felt the best I felt in years and I mean, part of it was obviously being under just juice for six days just totally lightens your your consciousness. Um, but doing the Kundalini yoga every morning for the six days also just like totally um, it just left a huge impression on me. So then I decided to um, go to a Kundalini yoga studio in L.A. Um, and just start taking classes like as much as I could. So there's a studio in Los Angeles called Yoga West. And it's, it's, it was like one of the first Kundalini yoga studios in the United States. And then I started taking classes there every day. This was in uh, like June of 2012. And then one of the teachers noticed like my, um, my practice there. And she said, you know, you should really go to this festival in New Mexico for the summer solstice. All these Kundalini yogis gather like 3,000 people from all over the world. And it's 10 days of just like tons of kundalini yoga and meditation. So then I went to that and I felt like, wow, I'm home. Like the first day I was there, I was like, this is what my soul has been looking for, like this community. Like it was so spectacular. And then I did that. And then the next month I did my kundalini teacher training um, in New Mexico. It was a month long immersion training. And so then I got my certification to teach Kundalini yoga. Um, and I've had some just like very mystical experiences through it all because the meditations are so powerful. And as you were saying, the gong is a huge part of it. So most Kundalini studios play the gong at the end of class, um, which really puts you into such a deep kind of trance relaxation for the nervous system to repair. Um, so it's been really healing uh, for me and it's like my main practice. Hope you're enjoying this chat with Harp. Um, I recently bought a flute and uh, I've started playing it. I've been playing it for a couple of weeks now in uh, Vancouver Island now where I'm in Canada. So I put together a little piece for you guys as just kind of like the midpoint of the show Hopefully you like it. I'm thinking about kind of throwing it into the intro a little bit here and there in future episodes. Uh, but yeah, here's a little bit of me playing my new flute. 
comes along with a lot of these kind of um, courses or experiences where you go and, and you work on yourself. You invest some time and maybe some money and you really, you know, build on yourself. And, you know, you might be going in there to become a teacher. You might be going in there just to grow. And um, like you said, a lot of different people would go there for different reasons and it would help you in an array of areas which, which you might not, you know, might not be your initial intention. Um, you know, it might help you network and, and meet, you know, more like-minded people or help you see things from a different angle. It's interesting what you said about, you know, people being a mirror for yourself. I feel like everyone's a mirror for yourself if you, if you're, if you open your eyes to look in the right way and, and, you're, and you open your mind to kind of accept the lessons that everyone has to teach you. In places like this, I feel though, the lessons might be more potent or accelerated because, you know, people are there to learn and to grow. So of course they're going to help you do the same. And that just sounds amazing. Um, I want to, I want to know a little bit more about, I asked you for a potent lesson. You might be able to short, share with these guys um, during the show. And you mentioned, you know, the importance of meditating daily. And I've talked about it on the show before, after your experience with Kundalini, this, this teacher training and with meditation, um, why, why is that your most potent lesson and, and why do you believe that would really help people? Uh, I think that our, our bit, I think that meditation is so important because it is, I believe, a, a huge tool for coming into a better understanding of yourself and it's like we were talking about earlier, like from the time we're born, we're like, conditioned by our parents, society, media, etc., school, education systems to adopt certain systems, which actually might not be true for us as individuals. Um, and so I feel like meditation really helps to peel back the layers of um, all that conditioning. Um and Amma, who's like the hugging saint that, you know, people flock to to, to get her blessing, um, she says um, a minute in meditation is never wasted. So I think sometimes it can our minds are like we're so conditioned to like constantly be productive and to be doing. And so sometimes meditation, I still come up against that challenge, even though I've been meditating for years, like, you know, like the resistance to it, like, oh, no, maybe I should be working on something and not meditating. But when I look back on my meditation practice, like often when I'm struggling with an issue, something I'm trying to solve, if I just like let it go and then I'll sit in a meditation and then the answer will just come to me. And it's just like the clarity of the meditation can bring you so much. And so you know, any kind of med any amount of meditation is helpful. But I think that, you know, if you can really start to build up to like 30 minutes a day, I think that, you know, you'll start to go deeper um, and peel back the layers. And there was a point in my life where uh, I meditated uh, two and a half hours a day for a year and five months. And I mean, that was just like, wow. I mean, that's that was the time period where I started my food delivery business. During that time period, like the logo came to me in meditation. The menu came to me in meditation. I mean, it was just, I would get these downloads. It was just incredible. Um, 
and that's something I'd like to go back to at some point. And uh, I've had different periods in my life where I'll do 40 days of two and a half hours of a meditation and just dive totally deep um, because there's so much, um, there's so many riches to uncover in that. Yeah, that sounds that sounds um, amazing, and and I I get what you're saying about building up to half an hour because I think, you know, it's it's hard for people to even just start for five minutes because it's not easy to just sit there with yourself, and you know, just be with yourself and give that time to yourself. A lot of people in today's world feel like there's not enough time to meditate, and I can't remember what the exact proverb was, but I think it was something like if you don't have, you know. If you don't have 10 minutes to meditate in a day, you probably need, you know, half an hour or an hour. So the less time you have, the more meditation you probably need or that would probably find you would find really helpful. And then it is just another habit, right? So it's something that you'd build and it would slowly kind of increase in the amount of time you do it. And then once you've got that habit kind of down, you can play around with it and and add more time um, to kind of whatever you, you know, you, you feel is the the best way to do it or or how much you feel like you need or you want in that moment i think there's a lot of kind of barriers to starting meditation like some people their back starts hurting if they're sitting in the wrong position Um, there's also ways around each of the barriers you know some people feel like they fall asleep Um, so there's all these different kind of things people just can't sit still and their mind's just racing so much and it's hard for them to get through that initially but I think for every single barrier, there's a way around that. And if, and if you're dedicated to really improving yourself, you know, daily meditation practice is something you, uh, you should definitely consider. So I'm going to turn this conversation around one more time because I, I want to link all this back up to what you were saying at the start. You were telling me, you know, you've got this life as a lawyer. You've got this f- vegan food delivery business. You know, you do yoga and you're deep into meditation and kundalini and um you know, your life's kind of got, it seems like you're living multiple lives at once and you're juggling quite a few balls in the air. Um, and I find that really fascinating. Uh, how do you find um, time to meditate for two and a half hours a day? Or how did you find time back then? And how do you find the time to meditate now with all the, all these things going on? So, yeah, that's a great question because basically when I started doing the two and a half hours a day, when I did the, I did that for a year and five months, when I started that two and a half hours a day, I just come back from four months in South America. I had no money. I was like working, I was living in Woodstock, which is kind of famous for the the music festival. It's very like artsy hippie area. And I couldn't find any work really. Uh, I was like, I got some alone from like a friend to help me through. And then I was working very minimal, like part time as like a caretaker. And I was just at this big crossroads. And so my girlfriend in Brooklyn, who's very well known Kundalini Yogi, her name's Abby Jote, and she's a great teacher. And she said, you know, why don't we for 40 days do this two and a half hours? And I thought, well, I'm not working. You know, this could be like my work, you know, this you know, this would be like my spiritual job. So I decided, okay, I can do 40 days. And then I did the 40 days and I was like, I can't give it up because I could just feel how it was like creating all these beautiful synchronicities and opening me to the magic of the universe. So I ended up going through four year and five months of it. But it, during that year and five months, my food delivery, um, 
my, the giving bowl opened. And towards the end of that period, it was getting very exhausting to wake up super early for my meditation and then do my, at that time I had actual food truck. So do that all day and then do court stuff. So by the time, by the end of the year in five months, I kind of felt like I just needed to kind of take a like a break and not be necessarily so like regimented. Um, I felt like I just like needed sleep. And so I just kind of cut it down to 30 minutes. And now um, like I feel like my life since doing that practice for the year and five months, my life has like expanded in so many ways. Like, like I, said when I started that year and five months, I was broke. I had no work. Like I was like a clean, like I was just like really didn't know what I was doing. And within that year and five months, like I moved to a different, I moved out of Woodstock. I moved further upstate New York. I started my own law practice. I started the giving bowl. I started teaching more yoga. I mean, all these things happened during that year and five months. And so I believe things come in seasons. So like right now, my season is sort of like I have a lot going on in the earth plane with business that, you know, sometimes there are days like uh, where I'll only do like an 11 minute meditation and that's all I have time for. Um, But I do make a point to, you know, at least once a week, do something for 30 minutes to an hour. Um, And so I also know that like, you know, right now is kind of the height of the growth of my businesses. And then I'm sure once things, you know, there'll be a point, you know, where things will maybe slow down a little. And then I could have another period of doing, you know, two and a half hours a day for 40 days. So I think things come in seasons. And if you're in a place where your life is maybe a little bit slow um, in terms of like your earth plane stuff, like that's actually a great opportunity to dive deeper into your meditative practice. Um And if your life is just super busy, you know, with work or kids or whatever, um, then breaking it up, you know, doing maybe five minutes in the morning, five minutes at night, and then seeing if you can, you know, add, build to that as as time goes on. Yeah, that's definitely a nice piece of advice. And I think it's beautiful what you said about the seasons. Like, that just sounds like such a beautiful way to look at things. And it's a nice way to get you through, I guess, those tougher times because you know that you know, the season will change and you will grow and change through tough moments and to kind of embrace it and, and work with what, you're, what you've got at the moment in that season. But as long as you're kind of striving forward and, and with that knowledge that things will eventually change in a different direction, because I almost feel like you live a million different lives within this life. Like if you think back to your memories as a child or even growing up in the different stages of your life and different kind of goals you've had and different experiences and different stories that you've lived. You know, it's just like this constant, you know, infinite loop of um, change and growth and and seasons. And I I love the idea of seasons anyways. um, Can you tell me a little bit more about the giving bowl and, uh, you know, that season when that kind of started off and and the kind of journey? Because I think you said initially that it was was a food truck, right? So you, you wanted to create a vegan food truck, but how did that begin and how did you get from there to where you are today? The the giving bowl started um, in 
uh, let's see, May of 2017. And yes, it did initially start as a food truck. And um, that all was that it all started during the time when I was doing my two and a half hours a day of meditation. And it really started in a magical way because food trucks are extremely expensive. And I, I had the like, very strong vision of starting a vegan food truck. But the same time I was like, I had no money. So like, where am I going to find, you know, how am I going to even get a food truck? But I just really kept giving, like giving into the magic of the universe and really believing that like this will manifest somehow. And I happened to be in Ithaca, New York, um, like two months before the truck started. And I happened to be in a health, like a health food store there. And I was just there for the weekend, um, just visiting. And I was talking to the manager of the health food store about wanting to open a vegan food truck. And at that very moment, in walked this lady, Tammy, who had a vegan food truck operating in Ithaca. And so I took her phone number and her her information and I asked her if I could call her um, as my journey went along in case I had questions about the business. And she was super nice and she said, yeah, you know, please call me anytime if you want to ask me for advice. So... Uh, I saved her number and then about two months later, she sent me a text message and she said, you know, I'm not going to be using my food truck anymore. I'm going to open an actual store in downtown Ithaca. Would you want to lease my food truck from me? And leasing a food truck, I mean, it was I could handle that. You know, I wouldn't have to shell out like, you know, 30 grand. It was just like a $500 a month payment for the lease. And she was so kind, very like, like open hearted lady. And she, she told me I would only have to pay her for six months of the year when I was in season and that during the winter, I wouldn't have to pay her because in the winter upstate New York, no one can really open a food truck. It's too cold. So that was just incredible. It was just like real synchronicity of being in the right place at the right time that at this, I met this woman who would lease me her food truck. Um, so I did that for summer 2017, summer 2018. Then in November, Tammy said, you know, I don't want to lease my food truck anymore. I really want to sell it. And would you want to buy it? I didn't want to buy it. I didn't want to, I didn't have the money, you know, like the 23,000 to spend. Plus I just didn't in my heart feel that was a good investment. So I gave her back the food truck and thought, okay, well, let's see where the universe takes this now. And um, then, you know, I was at Tony Robbins in March and it really just came strong, came through very strong to really focus on meal delivery, which I don't need a food truck for. Um, I just use a commercial kitchen to um, prepare the food and then I just deliver it out to people. Um and so my whole kind of way that I am uh, structuring the business then changed and no longer operating out of a food truck where I am, you know, posted every day and 
so I, it's a lot better for my time because I just, I know exactly what kind of orders I'm getting. Um, you know, I make the food, I deliver it and then I'm done. You know, I don't have to sit at the truck, wait for people to come if it's a slow day. So I've had to kind of like Tony Robbins talks about course correcting, you know, you're going after your goal. And then like a lot of times you have to course correct, you know, you're going in one direction, you see maybe that direction's not optimal. So then you course correct and you switch. So that's, that's what I did. That sounds amazing. So you've, you've pretty much, um, the food truck wasn't working out and you came to a point in your cost crossroads where, you know, she was like, you know, I'd like to buy it and stop renting it to you. And then you decided, you know, it just went with your gut feeling. And that's, that's an important lesson from that story. I think the, the point that you listened to your intuition and you connected with that and you had the bravery to kind of follow that and see where it took you and let, I guess, the way you put it, the universe kind of cradled you into it and, and, and kind of threw you into a different direction so that you could kind of find, you know, continue finding your path and continue correcting that course. Do you have any, like, I feel like it's not, a, it's easier said than done though to let intuition kind of guide you do you have any kind of tips on how to listen to your intuition and how to hear those pings that you mentioned earlier yeah so I think that's actually one of our biggest soul um like lessons on the on the earth in the earth school is to like come into such a deep knowing of yourself that like you can really tune into your intuition on such a strong level and not be pulled by this person's opinion or that person's opinion or because it's so, you know, everyone has an opinion on how you should live your life. And really it's like the challenge, the task, I think the assignment is to actually say like, all right, what is it that my intuition is saying? And that is, oh my gosh, it's so, it's so interesting because sometimes you can be so spot on. And then sometimes it's like, I mean, for me, the big like area in my life where I have a problem f following intuition um, is in relationships. So especially romantic relationships, I'll think um, something is my intuition telling me to be with someone. But then looking back, it was actually like my emotions or, you know, some sort of like even like chemical, hormonal, whatever thing that we have as humans. And so it's interesting because there have been times with business um, that I think I've not listened to my intuition, um, but I've seen it, I think, pretty quickly. And so I've been able to do like the course correction or, you know, sometimes you just it's like following the cookie crumbs. You just have to kind of follow the clues as they come up um, because, you know, you're not always seeing the big picture in the exact moment. Um, but for me, I mean, I, I just got out of a relationship and it was like, I don't know, for like a whole year, the last year that I was in it, I just like ignored my intuition. My intuition was telling me like, get out of this. This isn't serving you. But I just, I was, I just was too afraid to listen. I had so much invested. I was living with the person. Um, you know, I was just, I was just really afraid to listen to that intuition. And then finally, you know, going to Tony Robbins in March, I felt so freaking empowered. And I've, 
I felt like the courage welling up within me that like, all right, you know, I hear you intuition. I hear what you're saying and I'm going to follow you, even though there's an ego part of me that's so freaking scared, like about taking this leap. Um, I could no longer keep putting that in deep intuitive voice to the side. Um, and I'm so grateful that I did finally follow through because I feel so much more um, free and happy now that I've moved on from that relationship. Um, but that was a huge intuitive challenge for me to, to finally come to that point to, to trust myself. Do you feel like as humans we have an underlying fear of the pain we might feel if we kind of pull the trigger on some things? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that um, for me, like I could hear my intuition telling me to leave the relationship. But then on the other hand, I knew that that I would have to deal with a certain amount of pain in actually um, following through on that, like the pain of the the disappointment in the in it not in it not in it ending and just various pain whenever you um, have to like split from someone there's always that attachment even if it's not a healthy situation and I didn't really want to have to go through that but at the same time like my intuition was telling me that you know if you do come face if, if you do rise up to this challenge and face this pain there is something totally beautiful on the other side of it and Lacey Phillips, her podcast helped me a lot with that too, because she says like the universe sends us tests and that like the tests are often to, to force us to rise up to a new level of courage in ourselves. And so, you know, there is a certain amount of pain that can come with that, but it's like really trusting that on the other side of that pain is something very rewarding. And often I think that's a very like corny cliche thing that you hear. Um, but it's like I have, you know, I have experienced that is true. Um, but it's very hard when you're in the pain to to believe in that. You know, it's like total faith to believe that like, OK, you know, on the other side of this pain is something um, very rewarding. And, and my mom would tell me when I was ending the relationship, she's like, you know, you're doing the harder thing by ending and moving on, but you're doing what is right for you. And the easier thing would just be to stay in the comfort of it. But I had to really, you know, face that pain. And, and it's true. I do feel like a huge reward from doing that. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Sometimes, you know, it's very hard when you're in the moment to be able to see clearly, to be able to know that everything will not only be all right, but every, all the pain that you've been through, the deeper, the deeper the pain and the deeper the kind of struggle that you go through, the more you'll get out of it and the more that you'll learn and grow from that and, and the more beautiful and the more, um, you know, wise you'll become on the other end of it. It allows you to flourish going through that. And that's kind of a common theme with a lot of guests that I've had on the show, actually. I know we're a little bit strapped for time, Harp. I'm going to quickly just ask you one more question because I feel like it's very interesting diving into these things and, and you're talking a lot about, it sounds like you've been very courageous in your life with the business, you've trusted, you've followed your gut, 
you know, with the relationship, um, you know, everything that's happened on your path, even going through the times where things were a little bit, you know, um, bit tough with money and things like that. Um, but I want to know, like, we're talking about creativity, adventure and purposeful living on this show. And I want to, you mentioned a, a trip to South America for four months. And I just wanted to see, you know, what that was like. And I know you've got Costa Rica coming up with Avon soon. So I'm sure that you're very excited about that. Um, but well, tell me about four months in South America, what you got up to and, and some some adventures that you got into, because I'm, I'm curious to hear about it. Yeah, so that was like the, like a kind of a new chapter in my life for really f- tuning into like my true purpose, because right before I took that trip, I was working at a law firm in New York City, like doing the whole nine to five thing. And it was a steady paycheck and it was comfortable, but I really wasn't happy. Um, I just I was very bored by the work and I just didn't like having to sit in an office from nine to five every day. Um, like and it wasn't a creative environment at all. It was just very like following, like just filling out forms and it was, it was, I was working as an attorney, but it was very like dry work. It was like wills and trusts and not interacting with people. And so I basically saved, I I knew I had to just do something totally out of the box. And so I had basically gotten these different signs from the universe through meeting people at Kundalini yoga festivals that I should go down to South America. So I made up a plan of like how much money I needed to save. And so I quit my job, uh, in December of 2015 and then January, 2016 went off to South America with my savings, not a whole lot, but enough to get me through like four months. And I went with the pure intention of, um, really, um, my, my intention before I went was for the trip to help me clear out my subconscious fears um, so that when I arrived back to the States, I could fully commit to starting my food business because I had been wanting that had been in my mind for like at least a year by that point. Um, so I just felt like I really have to just go totally clear the slate. So I went journeyed all around South America. There was a point where like for, for 40 days, I did a two and a half hour breathing meditation every day. Um, and I just did a lot of, a lot of just total immersion in nature. Um, and being, meeting up with different Kundalini yoga communities around South America. Um, and so by the time I got back, I just felt like this new renewed sense of who I was. Um, and then everything changed from there. I left New York City. I moved um, to Woodstock. I, I had a realization that city life was no longer like supportive for me. Um, and I got really like clear in my intention to start the giving bowl, to start the the vegan food business. Um, so it like opened up a whole new chapter for me. It was like leaving the whole nine to five structure and like just tuning into what is it that I, that my soul wants to do. That sounds amazing. <laughs> um, cool. Thank you for sharing all, all of these beautiful lessons and stories with me today, Harp. I really do appreciate it. I, I know you're thinking about starting a podcast yourself. So when you do 
um, end up kind of putting that together, definitely let me know and I'll be able to help you out with some guest suggestions and I could come on your show if you like and we can kind of, if you're having trouble kind of setting anything up, I'd be more than happy to help you out. Um, I know technology hasn't really been on our side this time, but I'm, I'm really happy that we found a way to get through it. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty much everything I wanted to speak about. I guess if there's anything else uh, you could throw my way right now in regards to you know, any books that have helped you along your path that you could recommend to the audience or, um, you know, even any podcasts that have helped you out as well. I know you mentioned uh, Tony Robbins and Lacey Phillips. Are there any other shows or books that you could throw out there for some resources to help people um, grow and help people along their journeys? Sure. So, yeah, as I had mentioned, Lacey Phillips podcast expanded is incredible. And then I didn't fully touch on this today, but I also am in recovery. So I'm, I'm um, fully sober, almost 10 years. And there's a podcast called Dopey, which is all about like recovery and um, being on the sober path. That is, it's funny, it's lighthearted, but it also is really about growth as well. It's called Dopey. And um, in terms of books, um, I... One of the the books that really inspired me to open my mind to being an entrepreneur was um, Richard Branson's autobiography. It's called Losing My Virginity. And he talks about starting Virgin Airlines, Virgin Records, and he is a total powerhouse. And I love his journey because he is very much about serving people. Um, And he has like brings heart to the whole business entrepreneur uh, path. So um, I, I really, he's a, I'm a huge fan of his. Um, and then a book that I just started reading, which I'm really captivated by, is called The Surrender Experiment. And it's by um, Michael Singer, who wrote The Untethered Soul, which is a New York Times bestseller. And their surrender experiment talks about like how he discovered meditation and basically how his whole view of living is to just surrender to whatever life is bringing um, and to trust in the the intelligence of life. Um, And I'm really like blown away by just how he got on the meditation path itself is extremely magical. so those would be my recommendations. Great. Thank you so much, Harp, again. And yeah, I don't know how, how to thank you like for your, all your patience and all your wisdom on this chat. I'm sure a lot of people are going to get a lot out of it. And it just means so much to me that you're willing to, to spend the time and, and talk about these things, which I think uh, you know could really help people and they're important things to to talk about. Yes, it's such a pleasure. I, um, I've enjoyed connecting with you. And um, I think that you have a lot of awareness and consciousness around important issues that, you know, will really help people. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Good People Effect podcast. I hope you got something out of that chat with Harp. Um, please consider heading over to goodpeopleeffect.com where I'm going to have a resource list of everything that Harp spoke about. I'm also building a new tribe for the show. Uh, So head over to goodpeopleeffect.com and throw your email address in there if you're interested in free online courses, plenty of learning and growth resources, including um, eBooks and reading lists and just plenty of good stuff, contests, giveaways, that kind of thing. 
Uh, so that's going to be in the form of a monthly newsletter. So goodpeopleeffect.com, if you haven't checked it out, please head over there. Uh, next week, I'm going to be talking to Lisa, Lisa Congdon. So it's a very special artist that's done work for Harvard University, Facebook, MoMA. She's had a whole host of amazing clients and she's written eight books on art, creativity, and finding your inner creative voice is the topic of next week's discussion. So please stay tuned for that one. Uh, but until next time, guys, be well. <laughs>